Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the PD's Picks podcast. Uh, first episode, um, had some technical difficulties, a <laughs> little issues there. Appreciate you guys sticking through it with me. Um, we're ironing out a few of the kinks still, as you can see, obviously. Um, we'll, uh, we'll get dialed in. We'll get into a, a pretty good routine here as we go. Um, but yeah, learning on the fly, trial and error through a couple different things, uh, actually in a different setup today, um, got the AirPods in, I'm, I'm that guy today. <laughs> so, um, I think when I start getting like a boom mic or, or like a mic, a big microphone with the, uh, with the, uh, muff on it and everything, then, then we'll know we've officially made it as a podcast. But, um, until then we're, we're making do with what we got, um, First episode, uh, hit a couple hundred views on YouTube and uh, a couple dozen podcast downloads. And uh, so thank you for that. Appreciate the support. And, uh, you know, only only good only good things to come here in the future, too. So uh, especially as we get into the season and we get into like, you know, regular season matchups and conference games, uh, get into the showcases, uh, you know, your all state teams, your all tournament teams, things like that. There's just we're, we're only scratching the surface here, which I think is what I'm, I'm most excited about here in, in August. But, um, but yeah, try and, uh, let's see here. The, the only thing, the only thing I'll ask, uh, from you guys here with the podcast and everything is if you could please go to the YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to YouTube. It's a big help for me. Um, and, and your support is, is greatly appreciated there. Um, Couple things uh, I did want to mention. So I did put out on Twitter, uh, hoping a couple coaches, a lot, a lot of coaches really would would see it. Um, what I'd like to do is is start circling some dates on the calendar for this upcoming season. Um, so if you have your schedules, I mean schedules are for the most part done. You know you might not have puck drop times. You might not know if you're home or away, but you know who you're playing in and what day. Um, I'd love to start seeing some schedules so we can start putting that calendar together. And, and then even from a content piece, you know, the NFL does their, their big schedule reveal in April and May and things like that. I would love to do something similar for high school hockey. We start circling the calendar and, and identifying some of those key matchups as we get nearer to the season and, and create a bunch of buzz and a bunch of hype that way too. So coaches, um, if you have your schedules available, please send them to me. Shoot me a DM if you don't have my email, and I'll get you my email address. Uh, most of you should should I should be in your inbox somewhere f- for most of you coaches. But like I said, if not, shoot me a DM. We'll connect and, and we'll go from there. But a um, lot of opportunities there for content and, and things I'm curious about. So if you have that information, let me know. Um, the other thing too, um, I kind of stumbled across this on the MHSAA website and got it confirmed by MHSAA and the Coaches Association as well, is that this season is going to be the 50th season of high school hockey in the state of Michigan, uh, which is a big deal. I I think that's huge for the MHSAA. It's big for hockey in this state um, and something that definitely deserves, uh, what do they, I think the kids say these days, deserves, give them their flowers or, or whatever it is. So, uh, 50 years of high school hockey. Now, high school hockey existed p- before that. It just wasn't underneath the MHSAA umbrella. Um, but nonetheless, you know, 50 years of, you know, record-breaking performances, state championship runs. There's a whole bunch of history we could go over um, to, to kind of celebrate this 50 years of high school hockey. Um, 
and a lot of things I'd like to get to too. And that's where I'm kind of challenging you guys, the audience where, um, you know, I'd like to do all decade teams and we can kind of go 10 years at a time and, and put together uh, some of the biggest standouts uh, from those eras. And, you know, that's where I'm kind of leaning on you guys to, if you know people, send them my way, nominate people, if you will. Um, and then also help me connect with some of these people as well. Um, you know, I, I look at Ron Ralston as a name I've known since I was in high school, but in, in, on the MHSA website, the guy is essentially the Wayne Gretzky of, of Michigan high school hockey with some of the scoring records uh, that he's put up and, and that will arguably never be touched in a very similar manner as, as Wayne Gretzky in the NHL. So, uh, so some of that stuff, you know, if you know these people and can connect me with them, uh, happy to include them, have them on a podcast. Maybe we talk about a couple of those seasons, talk about what they accomplished uh, in the program, what high school hockey, youth hockey in the state of Michigan meant to them um, where they are now, that could always be fun too. Uh, and, and really, you know, Ralston was the one I mentioned. There's, there's a lot of instances too. Um, and some that might not even be on MHSAA.com, but, um, you know, Marchard Lake, or Mar, geez, Marquette and Orchard Lake, um, you know, their eight OT thriller in the, in the state championship game, you know, it'd be really great to go back and talk to some of those guys and, and relive that and, and see what they recall, what they remember, um, you know, maybe how tightly knit some of those, those teams, those groups still are. So uh, a lot of cool stuff I think we could do to kind of commemorate, celebrate the 50 years of high school hockey. So, um, so yeah, but again, I'm, I'll kind of challenge you guys, the audience to, to kind of help me out with some of that too. Um, any, any help obviously is appreciated. So, uh, okay. So Last week, talked a lot of MHA and the top 80 tryouts. What I saw, I got to clarify too, because what I saw last weekend, two weekends ago essentially, uh, was only a third of the tryouts. You know, I only saw the the satellite tryout in Metro Detroit. They obviously had two more satellite tryouts, one on the west side and then one up in Gaylord. Um over this past weekend, and then they're spending, I think, this week kind of finalizing and making their, their final determinations uh, for the top 80. So um, so obviously I didn't see the tryouts in their entirety, so it was a little bit of a challenge there, um, and maybe why I didn't go into as much detail player-wise and, and, and things like that as I'm going to today with uh, the MDHL tryouts. Um, so yeah, I've been talking with Rick Gadwa about that and, and their their satellite tryouts. And I, I got to say, I do kind of like that satellite tryout component to it where, you know, uh, geographically as, a, as an individual with a kid, like, you know, if you've got a kid and, and one tryout's a lot closer, 30 minutes down the road, as opposed to, you know, maybe two hours to Metro Detroit, it is, it is super convenient um, to kind of have those satellite tryouts. Uh, so definitely a, a cool thing, I think, that MHA does there, but... Um, one thing, so the, op, the the flip side of that, obviously with the MDHL and having 200 plus kids come through the same door, skate on the same rink, all on the same day, you get to see everybody and can very much compare and contrast in real time, uh, kind of where you're at on certain kids and, and can compare and contrast um, very well. Whereas, and again, not really knocking one over the other, but I think there can be challenges where if you see one kid, um, 
on a Saturday and then you're comparing, you know, you get those bubble kids and then you see another kid, you know, a couple days later, maybe there's, um, to no fault of anyone's really, but like a, a recency bias, you're seeing someone more present, more, you know, and so that memory from four or five days ago might fade a little bit. Um, or maybe you're super strong on that kid from a couple days ago and it's going to be really tough for anybody to kind of, to get you to waver from that opinion, uh, after the fact. So, um, MDHL all in one day, all in one place. Um, I think it's a, it's, um, I, like I travel wise and things like that for, for parents and families, I think can be a bit of a struggle where if, you know, if you're up in Alpena or Traverse, I know they get kids from Traverse city that'll come down. Uh, for the league. So I know that's a huge travel commitment and everything, but you know, if, if you're in it, you're in it. So, um, it was great to, to see how many kids were there. The com competition level was fantastic. I thought, especially for tryouts, um, a lot of different programs, very well represented. You know, I'm looking here, I saw a couple of lake views. I'm assuming that's St. Clair Shores Lakeview. Um, someone might have to help me out on that too, but Wild Lake Northern, Allen Park, uh, I got my, uh, I'm multitasking here, but Bay City, like there, there was a good diversity, I felt like at uh, the MDHL and a lot of kids that stood out. So, um, so yeah, I, I, where I was at anyways, you know, my evaluation process was probably a little bit different than um, obviously what the MDHL did and, and their determinations on who's in the league and who's not, you know, one one thing I think that I tend to overlook when it comes to the MDHL tryouts is, you know, they're, I'm kind of comparing everyone against everyone, and I don't really care what birth year you are, whereas there, there's obviously an attention and a focus on, you know, 06s as a whole, 07s as a whole, 08s as a whole. So, you know, you, you might have... You might have an 06 that's better than an 07, but because there's a ton more 06s trying out than 07s, again, I'm, I'm very much speculating, but like those are decisions that both the MHA and MDHL and their tryout processes are taking into account that me as kind of an outsider, I'm, um, you know, I'm not really comparing or, or making sure I've got 20 06s, 20 07s, 20 08s, whatever that number is that those organizations have. Um, you know, I'm my my perspective there is a little more totality, I guess. Um, whereas, you know, they're fielding 18U, 16U, 15U tournament teams throughout the fall. So there's a little bit different of a perspective there. Um, that, you know, as I'm looking at players that stood out to me or or um or players that I liked, they're gonna have different opinions because of uh, you know, the the general numbers game, I'll say. Um so Games all day long. Saturday was fantastic for anyone that was there. Uh, you know, 8 a.m. till, I don't know, 9 p.m., an, an entire day of, of super competitive hockey. Um, and, uh, and the MDHL guys do a fantastic job with it. Um, you know, super, super competitive for, for a tryout setting. Um, and that only makes, only makes the league that much better. You know, that's one thing. If you don't know much about the MDHL, I, I do really like the league structure, the league format that they use, uh, you know, and talking with Bill Burns, talking with those guys about it, they've modeled it after what Minnesota does with the, with the elite league that they do out in Minnesota. 
so it's a very similar format and you know i think it's it's a really i don't know what the word i'm looking for is you know like i say fun but obviously there's more to it than just being fun it 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 keeps that fall, the off season hockey spring summer fall um it keeps that fall hockey very competitive and still has like that team component to it even though the players are very much there for an individual reason, right? You know, they're they're there to develop and to get better, to make it onto a tournament team so that they can get exposure to scouts. Like it's a very in you know, fall hockey is is an individual purpose for things like this with MHA, MDHL, things like that. But the league dynamic kind of keeps that competitive edge to it. Um, you know, where you're team green versus team black and team orange versus team white. Uh, and, 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 you know, you have your designated coaches to each team. And so, like I said, I just, the league format itself uh, is, is something I'm a huge proponent of and, and, uh, and love just being a, a part of a spectator to uh, every fall. So definitely looking forward to kind of what this, uh, what the league looks like this fall and, and obviously keeping a, uh, an eye on, on what goes on on a week to week basis too. So, um, the other thing too, is, is obviously their tournament teams going out to Minnesota or, uh, Bill mentioned that they were going to be doing the, uh, CCM invite right here in, in Metro Detroit. Um, you know, that tournament team roster can kind of change tournament to tournament based on how well you're performing in the league. Uh, so that's, that's something I like too, is, is, uh, Jim Harbaugh talks about the the meritocracy, right? Like you're you're you got to earn your keep, you got to earn that kind of roster spot. And some kids could play their way out of a spot, some kids could play their way into a spot. And maybe they didn't go with the first tournament team, but they're playing on the second tournament team. Um, so that's definitely a cool component about the MDHL as well. Um, you know. My process anyways, uh, to go back to this, I was talking about the, my kind of process as I was evaluating and watching kids. Uh, I tended to kind of rank players where I thought they were on their team. So, you know, I'm looking at Columbia here and like, you know, I took all seven defensemen and I ranked them in my head one through seven. And I did that for each team. So, you know, I've got a top defenseman on each team. And then from there, I kind of compared and contrasted where I thought, you know, okay, the number three uh, defenseman on Columbia was a little bit better than the number two defenseman on black, or the number one defenseman was better than the number four defenseman on red. Like, that was kind of my process for it anyways. Um, and I'll be curious to see how close I am or how far off I am compared to uh, what the MDHL ultimately puts out. Um, so I'll, I think their league games start this Saturday, actually. So should have a, a good look at rosters here, maybe this time next week. Um, so yeah, anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll mention a couple kids uh, that stood out to me and, and kind of give you my two cents on, on a couple players that, that really separated themselves. I mean, there's some some players you would expect and, and maybe some others you, you might not. But um, the other thing too, you know, I got into Clarkston last week because they had a, uh, a lot of really impressive kids at MHA. Uh, you know, there, there was an, an, at least one, probably a couple programs that jumped out to me because 
because of how well their um, their some of their top guys showed at tryouts and, and in a situation like this. And uh, U of D to me is one. You know, I've heard a lot of people talking about them already that um, that they're on the up and up and trending in a really good direction. And you know, everything I've seen through the these first two weeks of of fall tryouts, I have no reason to to doubt that. Um, you know, I, I want to, I'm going to pull this up in real time just to look back. Cause I'm a little vague on, on like the last couple of years with, with U of D, but, um, you know, I, I know Paul Moretz has obviously done a, a real great job there. I think he's in is this year two or year three. I think this is going to be his third year at U of D second or third. I, I'm not positive, but uh, you know, looking at last year, 11 and 13 in the regular season. Um, and let's see here into the state tournament. So you want a regional, um, sorry, I'm kind of doing this on the fly. And if I'm wrong on stuff, just call me out. I'm an idiot, whatever. Um, but you know, 11 and 13 last year, uh, regional championship, obviously a lot to hang your hat on there alone, but you know, given, uh, given the prospects and, and, you know, some of the conversations I've, I've heard and had so far, it sounds like U of D is, is really trending in a right, in, in a good direction. Um, you know, coach Moretz obviously did a fantastic job, uh, with Gross Point South and that, that was a program from afar. You know, I didn't, didn't have a whole lot of ties to it. was just kind of watching from afar and, and obviously came to respect, uh, what he was able to accomplish there in, in pretty short order. I want to say he was only there a couple of years. Um, and so when he made the jump to U of D, I think, I think he's accomplishing, I think that program is accomplishing basically what I expected them to under, under his tutelage. Um, you know, fantastic coach, does a great job uh, developing kids and, and putting kids in spots where they can succeed. And, you know, you obviously see that with, uh, uh, with some of the kids that I've, I've seen over the last couple weeks at tryouts. So, um, that's a program that I think you could really see take a, a, a big step this year. Um, similar to, like I was mentioning Clarkson last week, um, you know, Thomas Angel, Angel, Angle, sorry, <laughs> shoot me a DM, let me know. Uh, I'm going to go with Thomas Angel. Uh, you know, he was one who really stood out to me over the weekend I had him as the number one ranked forward uh, off of that Columbia Blue team. Uh, he he, uh, he had a, a breakaway. He had a moment there, a breakaway where he just absolutely sniped. Uh, some of that stuff where you're looking for a quick first burst, someone who can kind of flash that next level speed um, or that really heavy shot, you know, tink, bar down and in, uh, some of that stuff. Um, that's where I think guys in a showcase, not a showcase, in a tryout setting can really separate themselves. Um, and I thought Angel was, was one of those guys. Um, had a nice way of, of finding open space to make plays. Um, you know, you get to be that F3 on a four check. Did a nice job of, of kind of finding the soft areas and, and where he could get some space in the offensive zone. Um, and then he had a real nice, there was a two-on-one play where uh, he kind of looked off the goalie. I can't remember exactly how it unfolded, but he was like blatantly making it obvious that he was looking at his passing option and then like very quick turned and, and snapped one on that. Um, so he, again, just some some nice heady plays that I liked there a bunch. Um, 
one kid. So here's another one that uh, Brighton, I mean, there's, 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 um, there's no surprises there. Brighton is very much one of those programs that uh, they're not rebuilding, they're reloading. And, and anyone they graduate, they're, they're, there's another stream, a, a fresh crop of pro, uh, promising prospects coming in. Um, but they do return two of, two of their, you know, biggest producers from a year before, plus they're returning a goalie. Like there's already a lot to like, uh, with Brighton being a top contender in the state already. Uh, but there was one kid, you know, obviously you have, uh, Cam Duffney is, is kind of the, the big name there. Plus, uh, Lane Pettit, Petit, Pettit, um, I need... I need some clarity on all these names. So, uh, everybody, you hear it. If I'm an idiot, shoot me a text. But uh, Lane Pettit, another one of those guys. Like, Brighton very much has those high-end guys already. When you look at them to take the next step or, um, or you know, make that bounce, not bounce back, but, um, you know, that, that next step this year, um, there was a guy, Zach Helmanen, that really jumped out to me during tryouts and, you know, small, little shifty guy, but um, you could tell he was a pretty smart cerebral hockey player in the way he was, um, you know, he could keep pace with the play, uh, kind of right place, right time kind of player. And, and he's one of those guys, I think anyways, like you, you need those guys in your lineup, you know, for the most part, you get into the top 10, top 15 uh, around the state, and they've all got a Cam Duffney, a Lane Pettit type player in their lineup. Not everybody, as I'm looking at it, is going to have a Zach Hellman in who could be a, a second line, a third line depth guy, or that can kill penalties for you, and it, while also still being a you know a, a threat of his own. Um, that to me is where those top ten teams, top fifteen teams, really start to separate themselves. Uh, is when you have depth guys like that. So um, he, he was a real nice player, I thought, at tryouts, uh, at MDHL tryouts, and uh, and a kid I think who, who could have nice nice impact there for Brighton as well this season. Um, this was the second time in two weeks I got to see Brendan Brothers, uh, Riverview Gabriel Richard kid, uh, big defenseman. I can't remember if he's a lefty or a righty offhand, but um, another kid who. I talk about keeping pace, keeping with the flow of the game. It, it never felt like the game was too fast for him. At times, I felt like he even dictated the pace a lot. Uh, you know, he jumped into the play a bunch. He turned, uh, had a real great scoring opportunity. Um, did he score? No, almost scored. Okay, but it was a real great scoring opportunity. I was checking my notes because I couldn't remember if he actually finished uh, or if it was, you know, just a real great scoring opportunity. But uh, puck carrier came in down the left side put the brakes on, was looking to hit a late man and throws one at the net. And like, I didn't, I didn't even see brothers and he came streaming down the backside. Um, and just kind of one of those where you reach out and get enough, you know, you get a stick blade on it enough to kind of redirect it on net. Uh, and I want to say hit a post, hit a crossbar or something like that, but you know, really just flashed that ability to recognize the play, jump in, add another layer to that offensive rush uh, that you like to see out of, out of defensemen who want to get involved in the offense. Uh, defensemen, guys who want to be offensive from the back end, I think they can struggle a little bit sometimes trying to join the rush without the puck. 
you know, you get a lot of guys who pick up the puck in the D zone and they want to wheel and, and go. Uh, and you find them kind of getting that tunnel vision on the rush where um, they, they're not necessarily looking to make plays offensively. They're just looking to do, you know, do something on their own, um, which can be effective. But there's also a lot of other ways that offensive defensemen can get involved in the rush and be a threat on the rush. And, and like I said, brothers, um, I thought showed some nice moments with an ability to do some of that. So uh, let me just kind of keep scrolling here. I'll see who jumps out to me. Um, there was a really nice 09, at least he was listed as an 09, uh, out of Novi, Brady Chippa. Um, I, I, I really liked, there was a couple 09s, a couple 08s um, that managed to impress, even in an environment like this, which I think that's not easy to do. You know, you're playing against kids that are, two, three, some instances, four years older than you. And, and you're out there not just competing, but like making plays. Um, you know, Chippa, he, obviously a, a little on the smaller side compared to the guys he was out there with. But like I said, he's also a lot younger. So um, so when I see those younger players, maybe a little bit smaller, maybe not quite as developed, I'm looking for some of the intangibles, right? Um you know, he moved his feet well. Uh, he was playing center, which, again, isn't an easy easy position to try try out for, I guess. But, um, you know, he was providing good puck support, I thought, through through the D zone, which you don't see out of a lot of uh, – you don't see out of a lot of centers, and you don't – especially don't see it out of a lot of young centers. Um, so I thought he did a nice job, really, really showed well. And, you know, as I'm looking at other 08s and 09s and – and things like that. He was, he was right in the mix to me and, and I thought looked super strong there. So, um, I'll kind of keep scrolling here. Uh, let's see here. I gotta find a good one here. I need some good, uh, I mean, I got a lot of good ones, but, uh, you know, I mentioned U of D Aiden Sharon is another one who obviously stood out as well. You know, he's a, another real nice forward that I think Moretz is going to have at his disposal. Um, and coming off a big year too, I, th I think, as I recall, um, let me see here. Uh, all right. I'll give you two MIHL defense. I've been pretty MIHL heavy, um, already, but I'll, I'll steer into it, whatever. Uh, two defensemen again, that at, in, that I saw as probably the, the best defensemen on their respective tryout teams. Uh, Joseph Sarah out of De La Salle to me was, it was a super smooth defenseman. Real good skater, um, puck skills. You know, you like to see uh, when your hands and feet are moving in rhythm, right? Like, it, it's one thing to have good puck skills and, and be able to dangle and have the puck on a string, and, but but then you got cement bricks for feet. Or you're a really fluid skater and really, you know, you can get up and down the ice, but you got bricks for hands. So uh, Sarah, to me, was, was a guy who was super fluid, super comfortable with the puck, um, and, and, and a hockey IQ, like I've talked about that a couple times in the last two weeks, but when you can kind of see the kid's thought process in the game um, from afar, from the bleachers, and you can kind of see what they're thinking, what they're, you know, where they're going and why they're going there um, is a pretty big tell. So uh, he was a defenseman that, that really stood out to me. I liked him a lot. Uh, Roman, Roman Sicko. I don't know. Roman Sicko out of Cranbrook uh, was another uh, 
looks like a senior defenseman, I'm assuming. If you're an 05, probably, yeah, you got to be a senior. So uh, another defenseman that I, that I kind of took a liking to, made a real strong move across the blue line um, in tight space. You know, he's got a guy in his face applying pressure, and he's able to walk the blue line um, and, and get to open ice to then make a play. That's something, uh, you know, when you can not just walk the blue line, but do it under pressure, under duress, and still make a heady play with it. Uh, that was something that really jumped out to me. Um, and another guy, I wrote, I don't know how many times I wrote this down over the weekend on kids, but uh, can operate at a pretty fast pace, right? You, you can play at, at a fast-paced game, and it very much was this weekend at tryouts. And, and you saw guys who, who could hang. You saw guys who could push the pace and set the pace and make kids play up to their speed. And then you saw some other kids who, who kind of fell off or, or couldn't quite uh, keep that pace. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot, I got notes on everybody, but the goalies probably at this point, I hate to say it. Um, I'm not a goalie guy. I struggle with evaluating goalies. So I kind of leave it up to the goalie guys to, to take care of that, but, um, keep the puck out. Good. Let the puck in bad. <laughs> um, so I don't have much notes uh, really any notes on the goalies, but, um, skaters, forwards, D, 05s, 09s. I got notes on pretty much everybody at this point. Um, so I, like I said, I could make this probably a, a three hour podcast if need be, but some of this too, um, and we'll revisit this, uh, as the season goes on, as, as the MDHL season goes on, plus as we get into the winter season as well. Um, kind of having a nice baseline or, or um, overview on a lot of guys heading into the season will be good too. So, uh, so much more to come this season. It's already been 30 minutes. I'll leave it at this. Um, so many more players I could get into and we will get into, I promise you. Um, we got I got so much more on the horizon and, and can't wait to share. So uh, PD's Picks, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, where else? X? No, X is Twitter. Twitter is X. Threads. Um, maybe I need to start a Pinterest or something. I don't know. Uh, please don't forget, subscribe, YouTube, very much appreciated. PD'sPicks.com. Uh, I know it's been a little light so far, but like I said, it's we're, the wheels are just starting to turn. We're just starting to get going here a little bit. Uh, so bear with me there. PD'sPicks.com will have everything. YouTube is where the podcasts are going for going to first. Uh, and then obviously you can get them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the whole nine. So uh, leave you with this as always. Skate hard, have fun, and I'll see you guys at the rink.